0: Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Radar is the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. There are some fashion insiders who call Alexandre Matoussi a one-in-a-generation fashion designer, and I would have to agree with that assessment. He's a bit of a fashion unicorn in that not only is he a down-to-earth, friendly, and gregarious guy who happens to be a very talented fashion designer, he also has a real head for and a love of both the business of fashion and the theatricality of it. Born in 1980 in the Normandy countryside, Alexandre studied at the Duperré Fashion Design School in Paris, and decided to specialize in menswear design as he astutely saw that the market was much less saturated than the women's wear market at that time. Early on, back in 2002, he tried his hand at starting his own business, selling t-shirts he designed, but decided to press pause on that adventure to really learn his trade inside the walls of established menswear brands before stepping out on his own. To this end, he worked at Dior's 30 Montagne menswear line, and then joined Givenchy where for five years he built up real-world experience as he led the menswear design team before the arrival of Ricardo Tisci at the house. And then he had a stint designing for Marc Jacobs' men. It was while at Marc Jacobs, as he was working on some ultra-luxury menswear items, that Maddox had his sartorial epiphany. The beautiful things that he was creating, well, he realized he would never be able to afford to buy them himself, and he wanted to create clothing that he would see being worn on the streets. Clothing that would make people happy as they went about living their daily lives. And so, in 2011, his brand, Ami, was born. The name, which means friend in French, but is also the composition of his initials and the last letter of his last name, perfectly encapsulate both the designer and and his designs. He really does seem to be friends with everyone, and everyone wants to be friends with him. And his clothing does act like friends for those who wear them. This is a brand filled with staple wardrobe pieces, the perfectly cut pair of trousers, the great chunky sweater, and that evergreen outerwear. menswear that is so well done that women have wound up flocking to his work and wearing his designs as well. Today, Ami has over 300 stock lists across the globe and online, and has freestanding stores in Paris, Tokyo, London, and China. And last year, he finally launched a quote-unquote men's Wear for women line in response to the high demand for his designs by women around the world. I caught up with Alexandre in his Paris headquarters after he and I had both just returned from a whirlwind tour of Asia. I was there attending Shanghai Fashion Week and Tokyo Fashion Week back to back, and he also happened to be there at the same time, showing his first collection outside Paris in Shanghai at the same time as its fashion week, and then he had an event in Tokyo during its fashion week as well. All of it was a way to thank his Asian customers and friends, who have become a very big part of his business. What did I tell you? Alexandre is a very savvy businessman, but an even better friend. Alexandre, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to speak to me. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much for being here. It's like first day, first day of the week. We're starting it together. Starting it in uh,
0: style. Yeah, Yeah, very happy you're here. So let's start with an easy question. Can you talk to me a little bit about when you first discovered your love of fashion or um, when you realized you could have a a job in this field, that that existed as something that you could do in life?
1: Mm, Funny because we had this discussion with friends this weekend again about when everything really started. And to be honest, this is not that I don't remember, but I feel like, you know, because I was a ballet dancer when I was a kid, I used to dance from four to 14 years old and I was like completely, you know, into dance, into mm-hmm. into into music, classical music, into theatres, into set set designs, you know, all these things that I've been inspired by when I was a kid. It means that when I started really thinking about a real job, mm-hmm. um, fashion seemed uh, the, the the right the right direction to take after dancing, mm-hmm. because it represented for me a kind of same of balance between uh, the art of doing something, so dance or fashion, but it's not it was not just about doing designing something it was. All the things around that I really love, you know, mm-hmm. doing a fashion show, uh, building a set design, doing a casting, putting a, a, a piece of music on this on this fashion show, and and the work of you know craftsmanships everyone together to, to to work on something on six months mm-hmm. and present it to the world at the end of this period, mm-hmm. and and it's like a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Donc, um, it's like a. Somewhere when you invite all your friends, all your family, the guests, the buyers, the journalists, the editors to just present your work. And it's like a a spectacle de fin Mm d'année. It's a little bit like this when you are a kid and when you're you're going to school to see what uh, your kids have prepared uh, during the year.
0: So then tell me, so you were a dancer till 14, so you repositioned yourself to go into fashion design and you studied where? You didn't study at one of the classic fashion schools per se.
1: Actually, yes. I was born and raised in Normandy in no. the countryside and my mother at this time so back in the days 1997 mm-hmm. no internet yeah uh, no particular you know education advice of you know what you could do in art something because it really didn't exist so much
0: yeah it was very hard to find the research to yeah, know where to go we, what to where do to go. so mm-hmm. because I
1: was like really about I want to do art I want to learn more about this I, I, I don't want to go to the classic you know mm-hmm. uh, graduation mm-hmm. and and we found this school in, uh, in 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 close to paris and it was the the school was named like the, the, the graduation was named F12 mm-hmm. and it was like 24 hours per week of sketching history of art um, architecture communication mm-hmm. design so we went into all the things mm-hmm. that's that that helped me to to go to duperre l'ecole nationale de supérieure de Duperré in paris okay. which is a public school and it is a yeah degree of fashion mm-hmm. There. Fashion school. So yeah I attended this for three years. Mm-hmm. At this time, it was really clear for me that I wanted to do fashion mm-hmm. for sure. But I didn't know yet if it was a menswear or womenswear thing because at this time again, womenswear was super. Yeah, everybody was a womenswear designer, like Jean Paul Gaultier, Thierry Mugler, you know. Yeah. And mens didn't really exist. It did not have
0: the cut as they say no. in French. Yeah, it was not. No, it was considered. about
1: very classical brands. Yeah. Uh, Of course, Helmut Long was already there Mm -hmm. and starting to do something very very special and, and, and great about menswear. Eddie Slieman starting at Saint Laurent, mm-hmm. the beginning of a lot of yes. So there was change Rad in Simon the air. Expect, yeah. But it was still Prada for sure yeah. was doing a menswear collection. Mm-hmm. and starting to be something. Tom Ford was there with mm-hmm. Gucci, and it was like maybe I said to myself, yes, maybe I'm not going to go for womenswear, mm-hmm. not because I don't want, I don't mm-hmm. want it, but because I feel like there is maybe an opportunity for me to go on menswear because I felt from this period that I really wanted to connect my sketches, my design, my desire and fashion with myself. Mm-hmm. So as a guy, as a man, I wanted to do something for me first. Okay. So I Mansworth. First? Leg, yeah.
0: But what you did, which a lot of people at that time weren't doing, was you studied, I think you were you did menswear design at um, Dior and Givenchy and then Marc Jacobs, yeah, am I right? I
1: did like a 10 years a 10 experience. Years. Yeah.
0: Tell me about that because there's so many designers who go, I'm going to launch my brand right away. Would you recommend going and learning somewhere else first? I mean, Actually, ha- was I that? did
1: it mm-hmm. first time uh, just right away I left from Dior. Dior was like a an exceptional um, experience I was 20 years old my teacher at school said to me because she was connected with a former student that was working at John at this time mm-hmm. and he sent her like a kind of uh, he said I want someone to, if you have someone to recommend mm-hmm. and she sent me there and I get the job mm-hmm. and actually I was doing a Remplacement projet maternité. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I stayed actually one year and a half because okay. I was actually ne- nearly two years and it was my first real experience in a house mm-hmm. and it was fantastic, but it was just the beginning, so I couldn't couldn't say at this time that I was ready to do anything else. Mm-hmm. But I had in mind something an idea about starting a little collection by myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Even then.
1: And actually at twenty-two, was two thousand and two, uh, I launched the first brand. Oh, by really? myself.
0: What was that brand T-shirts
1: called? and shirts. Name the same. I mean, oh really? What you see? Yeah, it was okay. already the name because it's you know it's my initials. Yes. Um, a thing, and I was already that in mind. So I started by myself in my apartment in the 18th mm-hmm. doing shirts and t-shirt produced in France. Oh wow! To, uh, knocking at the doors to try to sell it, mm-hmm. and actually I had I had a kind of very very small success. Mm-hmm. I, didn't um, gain money. I mm-hmm. didn't lose money. Mm-hmm. And it was my first real experience. I stayed like this for two years. Mm-hmm. I knew at this time that I was not ready. So it
0: was a side hustle, kind of keep your creative juices flowing while you were still yeah. designing for other houses.
1: Exactly, so exactly. When so when were, I moved to yeah. Givenchy, yeah. Uh, it was an opportunity and I jumped on it because I felt, okay, this is not how I want to do my collection. is mm-hmm. not how I want to... To, to, to launch a brand, you need to experience more. You need to learn more. Mm-hmm. So make it... I, I put it in, a, in, a, in the side yeah. for a moment. This,
0: yeah, your side hustle on the side, yeah. Yes, <laughs> and,
1: and and actually, I just, uh, just um, with lots of humility, mm-hmm. said to myself, okay, it's not an échec. Mm-hmm. There's no failure in it. Mm-hmm. But um, let's work more, learn more, and maybe one day we'll be starting again everything with a good... You know, all the pieces of the puzzle.
0: What did that time at Dior and Givenchy and Marc Jacobs give to you? What did you take away from that time that you really infused into your launch, the, the real launch? Everything. Of, everything? Really,
1: because being a designer today, and for sure at this time too, it was not just about being a designer. Lucky me, it was a period too where this house is, when we're talking about Givenchy, Givenchy was quite small at this yes, time. Yes, very. You know? yeah. Actually, the team I have today at AMI mm-hmm. is... Bigger than the team I used to work with when I was at Givenchy really? fifteen years ago. Wow! Okay. So that means that Givenchy was not at this level when Ricardo came in. Mm-hmm. Actually, I arrived when Ricardo arrived, but but it was really the beginning of this. So we had the chance to. Work all together, not designers with designers, designers mm-hmm. with product product managers, mm-hmm. with uh, the production manager, with mm-hmm. the marketing communication, mm-hmm. with in direct line with the CEO Marco Gobetti. Mm-hmm. At this time, was in in our offices every day, mm-hmm. working and thinking about. It was what very hands on. So it was very hands on. It mm-hmm. was very about sharing ideas together, and knew at this time that you can't do anything by yourself hmm. you need to be a team you need to delegate I don't know the word. Uh, delegate delegate you need you need to understand what is the position next to you mm-hmm. that makes your product comes to life mm-hmm. uh, you need to understand the price of a fabric you need mm-hmm. the, to understand the the manufacturing, how a producer will make a piece of clothes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's so many details in the garment Mm -hmm. that to achieve it, you need to have lots of people around to make it possible.
0: It's so interesting you said that because I was talking to a a fashion insider a little bit. I mentioned I was going to interview her, you and she said that she thought you were and I, I'm quoting here, a designer of your gen, the designer of the gener, your generation in that you have a head for business but a, a soul for design, that you're able to balance both that business side of things that you were just talking mm-hmm. about and the creative side, like you said, the, the theater of the of the show, etc. Why do you think that is that you're able to do both of those things? Do you feel... Or do you like doing both of those I things? I love doing both of these, And
1: I'm, it's very personal. It's part of my character. It's mm. part of my, you know, way to think and doing things. And it was very natural for me. And I feel like... Uh, lucky enough that I had the the, the abilities to to do Mm -hmm. it you know
0: it's like Mm -hmm. uh, what do you like about the business because there's so many creatives out there who just cannot deal with the business side and then fail because they don't find a a partner who can handle that for them whereas you seem to be like a a double threat
1: because I love building a company Mm -hmm. I love doing a business I love thinking that first of all my designs will be worn by people Mm -hmm. so from that that promise from that kind of link we Mm -hmm. have with the customers Mm -hmm. uh, I can't just think about my clothes as Something which is just made for editors or pictures or red carpets or museums, for sure. And my fashion is very easy, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I can make more risks today because Mm -hmm. I built the last nine years a solid base of what I think it was important to do first. Mm building a wardrobe Mm -hmm. doing a perfect pair of trousers like a jacket a coat a Mm -hmm. sweater a t-shirt a shirt men's wardrobe are very codified, you know in a way and nine years ago it was kind of very, very relevant. Yeah. I couldn't, I, th- I felt at this time that I couldn't arrive on the market trying to do crazy things because mm-hmm. I wanted to, to get a connection with people because it's my first intention.
0: Well, I mean, that's the thing, your price point is has got a very nice sweet spot. It, it's actually accessible and compared to most yeah. quote unquote designer brands. And it's part that of the was,
1: success th- of the brand.
0: That was your intention all along. For sure. Can you talk to me a little bit about the first time you saw an Ami design on the street, which was completely your goal from the first?
1: You know, the jacket I'm wearing today when I arrive in mm-hmm. the office, it's the first sample I've, I've done nine years ago. Oh, wow. So this is my first jacket. I'm still wearing the first samples I've done for myself okay. uh, nine years ago. And because, I mean, it was about friendship. I mm-hmm. mean, it was about my friends because back in the days, again, when I stopped working for Mark jackets, for example, I used to work on such beautiful product. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to do. It was great to choose the best fabrics to to actually work on very cre- creative designs, but at the end, I knew just right after the showroom session that mm-hmm. we didn't sell anything. Yeah. So we've done beautiful pictures. With we live in there, We worked with Joe McKenna, which is a, an, who is an, an amazing person to work with, but the results of this work, of this six months work, was actually nothing. Mm-hmm. So. It was kind of, sh- of shameful, it was shameful, yeah. you know, and, yeah. I, and I felt guilty about this. I mm-hmm. felt, oh my God, I would love to be able one day to do something that, that find a, an audience, mm-hmm. that, that really makes something that I, if, if I can go across the street, I will maybe find someone in the street wearing it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where I found the most um, pride of my job, mm-hmm. is whenever I go somewhere out today, mm-hmm. I see someone, actually more than someone every day, who's wearing my designs. Mm-hmm. Something Can you amazing. recognize
0: your designs? Because, I mean, it, it's no very actuality. similar to Hermes <laughs> in the sense that it's very understated. and You know, the, unless you have the... The Emmy logo with the heart, etc. It's it's very understated. That's,
1: that's funny because last week with a with a friend we went to a restaurant and we were in the terrace and the guy who just came to to give us the, the menu was wearing a beautiful trousers. Yeah. And I looked at it, but I was not sure it's mine. But I said to him, "You have a beautiful trousers." He mm-hmm. said, "Yes, this is yours." Ah! And I said, "Oh my God, I feel so yeah like shameful because <laughs> it's not because I didn't recognize, because I feel like." And this is kind of uh, reconfortant. Yeah, it's reconforting, yeah. Okay, I have, a, I have a test and I believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I react on something that I really love. And actually, this is the best gift. And and a guy on the bike this morning, I was like out of my house mm-hmm. and he was on a bike and he said like, bravo pour la Chine. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it's funny because you feel there are there are people outside mm-hmm. who give us a trust. Uh, the mm-hmm. comf- the, the and they feel comf- connected to they feel you. connected. Yeah. So this is, this is the biggest yeah, value for me. It's like... You work for someone, you're doing something for someone mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. and this is most important. Do you
0: feel like, with the in the last 10 years, with the advent of social media, and the ability to connect directly with the consumer, has that also helped your brand in a, Definitely. In a, in a way?
1: Definitely. Because mm-hmm. it, it, something which is very confidential becomes more, yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more, yeah, the audience
0: This is play. how a guy on a bike can say congratulations for your trip to China. Yeah, for sure, seen, because yeah.
1: he saw it on the Instagram, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and Actually, I, I I could say that I, I'm still handling the the Instagram by myself. Really? Yeah, yeah. I okay. didn't. I, I we try to hire like a community manager, someone who can help me to mm-hmm. do it. But I feel like this is such a personal way yeah. to express myself. Mm-hmm. It's another stage mm-hmm. where I can say every day something in a very personal, mm-hmm. personal way. So we try to 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 give some you know rules mm-hmm. about it to to have like a certain you know schedule about mm-hmm. posting things, but. Anywhere, each time they try to give me a schedule on postings, I said, no, I don't want to post this today. So I'm feeling very free about and, this. And in the
0: stories, that's all you just be Yeah,
1: yeah. I gave a little bit less personal mm-hmm. thing now because I feel it's sometimes I had I had experience at, at, at a period when I, I was like really putting myself in mm-hmm. it, like so much about personal, yeah. private lives and everything. And I didn't think at this time it really helped the brand. Mm-hmm. So because back in the days, I was me and myself yeah. and I working on this crazy, yeah. crazy project. Yeah. And now we are 130 people around mm-hmm. and it's not just about, about me. You. It's me, mm-hmm. the team, and I mean now Whatever is bigger represents. than me. And yeah. actually it's cool or it's okay like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep, you know, trying to save my position mm-hmm. in this uh, ultimate, you know, project. Yeah. It's like just about, okay, just accept that. You are here. I'm the creator, the founder, mm-hmm. and everything about that brand. I'm still here, ambassador, and mm-hmm. infusing every day, you know, the, 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 the... It's
0: nice to see you putting your thing. ego aside a little oh, bit. For sure, yeah. you have to do it. Yeah.
1: Because it's too dangerous, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I had I had experienced bad 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 things because, you know, sometimes people love you to be successful. Mm-hmm. There is something in France too like this, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm really appreciating that we have a, a very nice success. When mm-hmm. I say a very nice success, it it's not a crazy success mm-hmm. it's, it's a success that seems kind of very organic mm-hmm. and i think very respectful people i feel i feel i deserve mm-hmm. this success mm-hmm. you know i'm not trying to You've worked to, hard for it. For sure. Yeah. But but sometimes people when you are too successful, they like you to they like you to
0: they want to knock you down a peg. They wanna, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no? Yeah.
1: So more you give your from yourself, mm-hmm. more you gain the baton to, to You're start. Giving them <laughs> <giving laughs> the stick
0: to hit you with. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Balance well well let's talk a little bit about not the stick, but actually the carrot, let's say. Um when you won and did that completely change everything for you, would you say it was day and night between winning it and not winning it? Definitely
1: because yeah. It was very early at the beginning of the brand because the brand, the first collection we introduced it in 2011 mm-hmm. and, and then as we won it in 2013. Yeah, so, so it was really two early. years. It was six, six in the office. Mm-hmm. And it was at the moment too where, you know, menswear has not been really uh, awarded mm-hmm. rewarded, and it was not really a kind of collection that you can think it could re- receive the award mm-hmm. so it was very strange and i really believed in it and i, get, I went there because when i was talking with Nathalie dufour mm-hmm. i said you know if i present myself i really want to win yeah she said that you have all your chances to win yeah. i, I, I said i don't know if i have chances to win because the competition is hard and you always give prices to kind of designers who Promote the very high creation, Mm -hmm. couture, Mm -hmm. um, very crazy design sometimes, and not a reality on a commercial side. Mm -hmm. So if I you know, present myself with this collection. This is because I feel this is, there is an opportunity for you too mm-hmm. to reward the kind of collection. It's, it's a new message to yeah. give to the industry, to young designers, to young guys, students in the schools mm-hmm. that believes maybe like me that you can create something fashionable and make a business with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so they, I think they gave. They, it was a kind of yeah milestone for London mm-hmm. and for myself for mm-hmm. sure too because. It's a lot of money, it's a lot of connection. worldwide communication on one day, buyers yeah. came in in the death Yeah, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy, mm-hmm. and it, it gives us like a, a caution, like mm-hmm. something that gives you like the permission to, mm-hmm. to continue in a mm-hmm.
0: way. Yeah, a, a stamp of approval, yeah. For sure. Let's talk a little bit about, in general, the change of menswear when you talked about it back in the day when you started. Menswear was kind of like a second-class citizen compared to womenswear. Now, it seems like everyone's talking about menswear in the sense that there's been a huge change with street style taking over and every day taking over and that um, wearing a suit to the office is almost unheard of in most places these days. The kavat is disappearing. Mm. Can you talk about, to me, how this shift in the menswear has, (laughs) has affected your business or how you see the industry changing?
1: I think they, there is a lot of interest of uh, men's first of all. I've changed a lot mm-hmm. themselves, you know? you know, the way they could say, okay, I'm allowed to dress myself, I'm allowed to look a little bit more sophisticated in a way. You know, mm-hmm. we put guys, and actually this is kind of sexist, but we put guys on a shelter mm-hmm. where they just have to be men with like t-shirts and jeans and to look masculine all the time and just don't. They, they can't pretend you know mm-hmm. being a bit more sophisticated mm-hmm. uh, they're starting to put creams on the faces yeah. like kind of starting to groom mm-hmm. the hair and the beard mm-hmm. uh, we were talking in 19 yeah 2010 2011 mm-hmm. uh, about uh, the hipster movement you yeah. know when I, when, when I was born when, mm-hmm. when we started and it was all about hipsters this mm-hmm. kind of metrosexual metrosexuals yeah the <laughs> world didn't exist like anymore before, yeah, you know we don't talk about this guy you no. know when you look at a guy with a beard today we don't say oh it's like a hipster it's a metrosexual we don't talk about this but at this time there was an opportunity to challenge a little bit the brands which were existing already Mm -hmm. and we were doing like providing just classics and very basic things Mm -hmm. and for myself I really tried just to express a kind of point of view about again the balance between something classic Mm -hmm. but a little bit twisted with streetwear style a Mm -hmm. bit with like a kind of couture sense approach of Mm -hmm fabrics and colors and Mm -hmm. trying to mix all that things together without losing myself, without Mm -hmm. losing my identity, just trying to provide season after season the pieces that I feel we need in our wardrobe, Mm -hmm. in a men's modern... Work but, work. I mean, but
0: then how do you update that every season? Because you do, you, t- you are a, a, a staple designer, let's say. You create, and let's be honest, men, when they fall in love with something, they buy one of it and they wear, like you said, for your jacket, you wear it for eight years. Mm. How do you continue to bring them back into the stores or into the online? Because I think you have like over 300 points of sale mm. on top of the stores. How do you keep bringing them in when you're creating things that are so evergreen?
1: I always, I don't want to compare myself directly with that, but I feel like, you know... Um, When I fall in love in, for example, a director, Mm -hmm. if I say I love Pedro Almodovar, Mm -hmm. Pedro Almodovar is someone I'm following since I I was born, like, you know, 30 years ago, I was already looking, watching, like, Mm -hmm. Pedro Almodovar movies, and every two, three years, it's like giving a new movie, and Mm -hmm. I'm always going to this movie, and I'm always happy to see it, and it's like family, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like you, you, you create a connection, which is a creative and sensitive and personal, you know, connection Mm -hmm. with people Mm -hmm. you admire the work and you Mm -hmm. love to to be connected with. And I don't know if Almodovar is giving the same movie every time, Mm -hmm. but he's giving the same test on it, you know. Mm -hmm. I always like, you know, I recognize the colors, I recognize the play, the game, how actors playing, the music and everything. But this is not the same movie, you Mm -hmm. know. And fashion, the same. I feel like, you know, I like the idea. That's why I don't want to rush myself. Mm -hmm. I don't want to... To, to do, um, I don't want to be fashionable, I don't want to be hype. I don't, I, I'm really against that. Because mm-hmm. I know, I had sometimes at the beginning a very hype moment. Mm-hmm. But I knew and I told to my team and I told to my PR and everyone... Slow down. I don't want to be that kind of designers. who's at the top of the mountain today. Burned so bright, yeah. And we'll know it tomorrow. We're going to fail like everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to, to last in mm-hmm. fashion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I have the choice. I have the choice not to touch too much, you know, the... The sun. The sun, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. I saw it in some designers today. They are so high. Mm-hmm. I feel like, oh my God, when they are going to fail? Maybe they're not going to fail. Yeah, their wings are
0: going to burn. You never know. know. I, don't want, yeah. I,
1: don't, I don't want to say this because but yeah, I don't But I the experience, wish, says, but my experience yeah. says that mm-hmm. stay at a certain level, a certain balance of emotions. Mm-hmm. And on a personal point of view, I, I did the same. You know, mm-hmm. I worked hard on myself and I always say, I don't want to be hysterical one day and completely depressed I say, the yeah. other day. I want to keep a kind of balance where... Mm-hmm my life seems and my emotions seems kind of, you know.
0: You you, see, we can count on you. I mean, you know what I mean? In the sense that it's not this up and down that it's very... And I like this. I Mm -hmm. like this.
1: So, sometimes, we see me growing Mm -hmm. in a way I could be double. I could mm-hmm. have like one million followers mm-hmm. on Instagram.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's okay. I don't need one million followers mm-hmm. on Instagram.
0: It'll come when it comes.
1: And if I have one million in in, in five years and six months, it's okay. It's yeah. not about that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's about working on something that you feel relevant for yourself for your brand step by step, mm-hmm. season after season, Trying new things. I'm able because I'm free today to do a collection about bourgeoisie in January mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And the season after, doing a black, very sharp collection in the mm-hmm. Grand Palais. I'm able to experience that kind of things. I'm not. I don't want to serve the same, you know, plate. If I invite mm-hmm. you for dinner mm-hmm. every single week and every single week I serve you like the same chicken and cheese <laughs> and, and fries and, and you will see one day, oh my God, it's all going to serve like again, yeah. live chicken. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I want to create that kind of freedom, a kind of surprise without being completely crazy. I think people expect from me today something new every Mm -hmm. season. But in the same time they want to have like a repair. They Mm -hmm. want to
0: But they know your codes. They can see your codes within the creativity.
1: So I trust myself enough today to say this.
0: But then but also I mean you're talking about this balance but now you've added on pre collection, something that you didn't do before and, and we talk about the speed of fashion; it's faster and faster, and more crazy. And there's always, you know, more and more and more. And with the social media, even more. How is it, you know, pre-collection, and then you also added women's wear, and I think last year in mm. 2019. So that's a lot of new that's extra. That's We went to
1: so two to six collection from two to six collection. So how and are you
0: how are you doing okay. with that? It's okay.
1: It's okay.
0: How are you? Okay, but tell me a little bit more how you're balancing all of this because <laughs> that's a lot more to add on from. Yeah, you know, but
1: it it gives you a lot. It's not a, more, but I'd say of of course. Working on six collections is different than two. But actually, when we're thinking today about what was the schedule before, but yeah it's like two two collections a year was a lot of time. To I do. remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not. I felt like uh, lazy or we have nothing to do. You know, it was a little bit more cool. You mm-hmm. know, today it's more frenetic, mm-hmm. but it gives us an energy which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's not we don't have time to think. I think we, we are more precise now that we have less time. Okay. I, it gives me straight to the point. Mm-hmm. My energy and the way I guide people around me every day is like, okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. It gives much. It gives me much more confidence mm-hmm. about my choices. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not hesitating anymore. You when don't have i time have to months, hesitate. Yeah. Because I had time to hesitate. Mm-hmm. I had time to launch something, and three months after saying like, oh my god, are we sure? Mm-hmm. No, I don't have this time to hesitate. I have, I have to be sure right away, and that gives us a kind of you know. A very strong energy in the mm-hmm. in the studio and for everyone. So for sure, the team is bigger now, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the same designers for men's and women's. Mm-hmm. This is the same product managers. This mm-hmm. is the same suppliers. This mm-hmm. is the same fabrics we use for both collections. So actually, it's kind of it's an organization, but it's kind of easy.
0: And how's it going with women? Because women were buying from you almost from the get-go your collections, even though it was menswear. How's women's wear mm. doing for you? Are you happy to, with the progression of the very, women's wear? Very very happy. Yeah.
1: And again, I don't I don't put pressure myself. Mm-hmm. People want to, to push you in a direction. Yeah. Let's go for women's wear. And I said no for years because I had this chance of, you know, girls coming to the men's, yeah. buying the men's clothes, like naturally, a trousers, a pair of a pair of trousers, a coat, a sweater. It was very natural. And it's still possible mm-hmm. because we have the women's collection today that any girl can't go to the men's collection anymore. Mm-hmm. So every everything is possible. And actually, we, we just shot the campaign. We put women's clothes on guys, and we put men's clothes on girls, and we just mix the things. I don't want to put myself an etiquette. Mm-hmm. And I mean, about that, in. no, yeah. let's keep you know the the, the 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 doors open. We the only thing I want to do is please myself first. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Well, let's talk about the future then, because you and I just both spent a couple of weeks in in Asia, you have a a store in Tokyo, two in in China, maybe a third one on the way, hopefully, I think I know where that would be, considering you showed in Shanghai, but tell me what that experience was like, because that was the first time you showed outside of Paris, a fashion show. Asia, because that's one of your biggest... uh, One
1: of the biggest markets for us, and again, we always try to balance the markets, it's like a a real strategy, we don't want to focus only on one market, Mm -hmm. so that's why you... U.S., Europe, Asia is like really balanced. Mm -hmm. We don't push one more than the other. Mm -hmm. China has has a fantastic progression for us. We actually opened two stores last year, Mm -hmm. one in Beijing, one in in Peking and one in Chengdu. Mm-hmm. And we didn't communicate on the opening of the I didn't want to communicate. Why? Because I felt it was not the right moment to do it. It mm-hmm. was important. I always give me a chance to... to a
0: soft opening just to see. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because
1: you know, when, like the Women's Wear Collection, when mm-hmm. I did the introduction last year, I didn't want to, to give a big distribution. Mm-hmm. I just say, okay, first season, we just go for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We go in Rue Grenelle, our store, and we just try to understand who's the customer, Let's make a first conversation as as I did, you know, nine years ago with Mm -hmm. the menswear. So I have my time. So I don't want to rush because when the the, the baby is out, you can't can't bring it it back in. You can bring it back. You know what I mean? So that's why I I keep the hand. Mm -hmm. I hold the hand very strong for the Mm -hmm. moment. I need to learn too, Mm -hmm. you know? I have the um, humility to believe that women's wear design, it's not my thing yet Mm -hmm. completely, but I'm learning Mm -hmm. and I love it. And I'm sure that's going to be fantastic. It's already fantastic for me, but Mm -hmm. I have a lot to to do again, but uh, still so. So China is the same let's open, let's see how people react, let's see how the things go and when we're ready, we need to communicate but I don't want to just send like, you know, a communication by Mm -hmm. by mail. I want to celebrate. Mm -hmm. I want to because it's a Fantastic chance to open mm-hmm. for a young brand like me mm-hmm. to open two stores, three stores, because I have a store in Hong Kong, yeah. one in Beijing and one in Chengdu. Let's make a celebration mm-hmm. and fashion show is the best way to, to communicate who mm-hmm. we are because this is the best way to yeah, show. You really
0: did bring a, a bit of Parisian yeah. the night, the city at night, at midnight after a rain. Yeah. That was, I that send a it was a really post-
1: It's like I send a postcard. You yeah. know? It's like I don't want to, to say anything else that, you know, from a Chinese Audience, if I have to describe myself, I'm French. I'm Alexandre. I'm 39 years old. I'm a Parisian based designer. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating that kind of Parisian elegance, mm-hmm. attitude, coolness. Let's put that all in the in the in the luggage, mm-hmm. and let's take the plan and let's but do you this. You definitely
0: succeeded with that. Thank but you. you mentioned you're 39, and if I remember correctly, the brand is um, going to be. T- I know you you're launching nine next year. Nine next is
1: my magic number.
0: Nine is your magic number. Oh, you even have the tattoo on your wrist. Okay. Why is nine your magic number? So, so 39 and nine. And nine. And
1: actually, we're turning nine years old now. Yeah. That's why China was a kind of first uh, birthday celebration okay. gift. The show in January will be our ninth celebration. I'm not going to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the bear. I'm going to celebrate the ninth anniversary. Why is,
0: why is nine, nine so everywhere. important? Just nine
1: everywhere. Like... Nine, nine. Since I was born, uh, nine is everywhere in my life. I have nine letters in Alexandre, nine letters in Matrici the my department birth department at twenty seven, my first locations, birth dates, my mother, father, big big dates in my life, always, always nine nine. A nine yeah, every time.
0: Huh, okay, so this is a big year for you, not ten. It's, Who cares about no, ten? Nine. No, I don't care okay. about it.
1: it's really special for okay. me because I I would love to celebrate ten, but it doesn't mean anything for me. Okay. Celebrating the ninth anniversary means makes, makes I, I need to explain it. I got always explain it but yeah. I will be like precise why I do this more than you know I don't, want then, to, I don't want to look different from the others it's not about that it's, it's really because
0: cause it's inherently part of who you are it's, uh,
1: it's me like really like and when I tattooed it like the 999 actually <laughs> I was really about I was waiting for this for years you know yeah. but, since I am a kid I have the 9 number in my mind so wow. when the first time I read so it was at school and when I realized when I started to to write mm-hmm. actually you know when we were like a very young
0: yeah Write your you
1: know, name. Write your name. And I said, Alexandre, and then I put Matrici underneath and the, the, the teacher said to me, my, my maîtresse, she mm-hmm. said, oh, you have nine letters in your name and surname. Mm-hmm. And I remember I said, oh my God, cool, it's like symmetrical. Yeah,
0: balanced. And, and, and
1: it's balanced and and, and then I, I looked at everywhere around me and I said, oh my God, there is not just here, it's, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny thing.
0: All right, so I'm going to ask you my five generic questions to wrap this up in a second, but I did want to ask one last question. You have your Ami Paris off of your name, of course, but then recently you've added the heart into your branding. Can you tell me what was the thinking behind the heart?
1: Uh, it was my signature since I'm a kid, too. Really? Yeah, it okay. was when I was sketching again. I think it was the same with the same teacher. I was like, putting my A letter, and I put a heart on it, and and I knew that it will be something for me one day. Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. It, it, when I, so when I was doing a sketch for my mum, you know, if I was sketching a house like mm-hmm. this, I was always doing this. Huh. You know? And a little heart
0: on top of the A for your signature. Everywhere, okay. every time.
1: So... Actually, when you're doing a fashion brand, you always feel like you need to find a logo somewhere. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was everywhere around me on this desk. Just so, waiting for
0: you to see it. Yeah,
1: and we didn't see it.
0: Hmm.
1: It was a fa- Actually, it, we just released it like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So so during five years, I was looking for a logo and I didn't find it. And everyone said, let's try a cat, let's try a book, let's try your shake hands. Let's mm-hmm. try. And I said, no, no, it's not this. We, we have to wait. Let's mm-hmm. Don't push it. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to make history at the end because... This is part of our history. We don't need to push things. Things mm-hmm. happen all every all the time, you know, when it when, it, when it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And we were like, you know, around this desk, and we, someone picked it like this. Oh, they, why, why should we try this? Because you're always doing this. And we said, oh, my God, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. So we embroidered. Why didn't picked. we
0: think about that? Yeah, it was and always it, there. And, and, and
1: actually, we called it Ami de coeur. So it mm-hmm. makes so sense, you know, when you have someone you love so much, mm-hmm. when you're talking about a friend yeah. who counts, you yeah. say, c'est un ami de coeur. Yeah. Someone that really, you know
0: a soulmate a heart yeah a, a friend of the heart exactly
1: yeah. so it's mm-hmm. for me it's so representative of who we are
0: mm-hmm.
1: it becomes a huge success for us mm-hmm. and actually we try to calm down a little bit because really? it becomes like you know it could be like half of the business Business, like very, it's actually like close to half of the business really so we I don't want I don't want to become like a logo brand for yeah. sure not because it's a big chance so I don't mm-hmm. want to crash it on a soup um, like <laughs> But yes, don't want to
0: spit in the soup, okay? <laughs> but, but
1: it's like you need to find the right balance. Yeah. You know.
0: But that's that's but it's telling that it's it spoke to not just you but to the world in general to yeah. have to have such an impact People and resonate with it. Really? Okay. All right. So I know you have work to do. So let me just ask you the five generic fashion questions, and then I will let you get back to it. So I think I know the answer. Considering what we've said, um, what is your favorite piece of clothing that you own? You personally have a piece that you cherish more than anything else. This jacket.
1: Your jacket. This your This is funny sample. because uh, the jacket I'm I'm carrying like for the last nine years, and I still love it very very much. And I like the idea of you know timeless pieces. Mm-hmm. You just can't do timeless pieces all the time. It's really if you just put that as a goal, it's mm-hmm. impossible to do it because we know that. Our body changes, our vision of things are changing, the color perception, the shape of things, a shoulder, a Mm -hmm. lens, something. But sometimes there is a product that can, you know, pass through the years. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So this jacket is, I have a pair of jeans too, Mm -hmm. which is completely uh, déchiré, but I'm fixing it like every season. Mm -hmm. And when I have it, I feel like, oh my God, this is my jean. Mm -hmm. It's my first sample. And it's the beginning of everything for, my, for me, for me. So when I put it, I don't feel like, you know, it's like I don't wear like an old vintage jacket. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's still now, it's still like relevant for modern, me, actually yeah. for my body, for my shape, for everything. And I'm still very happy to have it in me, on me.
0: I, I can imagine. It's an amazing leather jacket. It looks wonderful. So if we're talking about staple pieces and all of that, if there was one item of clothing that a man or a woman should invest in if they don't have a lot of money but they want to have one really good thing, What what is that garment, what is that piece?
1: I will say a coat. A coat? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. A
1: coat is always like, you know, I I, I have, th- actually, my father, you know, when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you try to s- start, you know, taking clothes on your father. Yes, your I'm mother. living that
0: with my kids, yes. <laughs>
1: And you have that, you know? And my father used to have like beautiful clothes when he was younger and there was still like some things in the in the closet when we were kids. And I remember he had this fantastic, classic navy, cashmere and wool, do two buttons coat. Mm. And it was a little bit too big for me when I was a kid, but I was waiting for it, waiting for it. And when my body was okay for it, I just take it. I took it and it was mine. And when I arrived in Paris, when I was like 18 years old, it was my coat. And my coat, in a way, helped me to look like someone I wish I wanted to be. You know Mm, what I mean? I do. It gives you like a kind of, you know, prestance. Mm -hmm. Something that maybe at a certain level of your life, it's not you yet. But, but it's where you want to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And a coat, I can see it on kids today, and I still have the same sensation for me today. I can have like, the worst jean, the worst uh, shoe, the worst T-shirt, the mm-hmm. worst sweatshirt. But if I put my coat, which is very classic and clean and beautiful, it makes me look like a prince.
0: Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. It's always about the coat for me, too. Which fashion designer do you love the most or admire the most, living or dead?
1: I have a, a, a huge admiration for Alaya.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: for so many reasons, for the way he built his own, you know, thing, his own timing, his own schedule, this kind of very strong point of view on women's, and the way he dedicated his life at this level of perfection. Mm-hmm. So, for me, he is a master. And and I have to say, I have, like, uh, lots of admiration for Edis Sliman because mm-hmm. uh, when I started, mm-hmm. like, 20 years ago I was uh, was my first job Was were mm-hmm. there didn't work with him directly I didn't I never met him in my, in my life mm-hmm. even in a restaurant in a street in Paris and it's and it's still someone I really respect not for for just the communication the art of photography and everything mm-hmm. just because he delivers like a real piece of clothes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Even if people don't see the connections between us, because Mm -hmm. I don't need that people... Mm -hmm. I think we have the same goal. I like the idea of when he's doing a jacket, he's doing a jacket. Mm -hmm. When he's doing a jean, he's doing a jean. Mm -hmm. He's, He's not trying, you know... This is what is such an amazing career, because if you really look at the clothes clothes are just clothes Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and it's in and it's still such fashionable it's because the way it puts things together Mm -hmm. makes the the story very very strong but at the end if i go at the store tomorrow and if i buy like a navy casual little sweatshirt Mm -hmm. very classic kind of contract
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I, and I like that. I like. I never try too hard to, you know. Sometimes you need to put crystals mm-hmm. ski on a Bermuda for a China yeah. show. But at the end, if I have to buy really something for myself for my everyday life, okay, I, I go I go to Ami. And actually, I'm dressing myself to Ami. This is very <laughs> weird to say, it, but... I, I well, I would hope so. Now, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> buy clothes anymore. I used yeah. to, but now I don't buy clothes anymore because... To be honest, if I need a pair of jeans, I buy myself. I buy the one I'm doing. And, you I know, would it's, hope so. I would uh, okay. <laughs> you know. That's why I still keep that kind of, you know, process in mm-hmm. my creativity, too. It's like, and actually, we always start the collection this way. We never go into a theme, into a story that, you know, we never... Type this type. is our muse for the season. No, we never None tell stories stuff. this huh. way. We're going to tell stories after for the show, mm-hmm. for the the way we, we present the things. But when we start about the clothing, we say, what do we want to wear? Mm-hmm. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Do you want a red sweater mm-hmm. or a gray sweater? Do you want long or short jacket? Mm-hmm. Do you want like a heavy coat or like a very light, you know, unlined coat? Mm-hmm. We're t- talking about this, like very specifically about words and let's go for black. And because fashion is just a question of choices. Yeah. Every season you make a choice. Long, short, black, white, shiny, matte. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Big shoulders, short shoulders. And mm-hmm. when you start to just describing what you want, what you really, really want, like Spice Girl used to say, <laughs> um, it's just about, okay, and you trust yourself and mm-hmm. you make a choice and you go into the direction. That's why I never feel the, the complex de la page blanche.
0: You never are worried about the, the white page, the, the blank page. Inspiration
1: always come over because you ne- just need to sit, to relax, and to say, okay, let's make choices. This season will be... Black. Okay. Let's 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 do it. Expl- and explore first. that. And I did it in spring, and I yep. was super happy to start my collection with like mm-hmm. fifteen. how many like the first fifteen looks in black. And
0: then how did the bells come in? I, I mean, I know this isn't a question. Meditation. I, the, really.
1: I started meditation last season.
0: Okay.
1: And in this collection is all about trying to clean mm-hmm. everything to just keep Purify. Give more, voila, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was working on my meditation and. The ring, the bell is mm-hmm. something you can hear in the meditation. Yep, you know, very true. and and when I was about trying to to put that collection together, I said, I don't want just to see it. I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I you would hear
0: them arrive when they were coming in. That's it was so great. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a perfume. Yeah.
1: I love the idea of when someone is coming into the house. Mm-hmm. Actually, here, you know, he's There's here because scent. you you know the perfume. And I like the sound of a piece of clothes. Mm-hmm. I like the way sometimes when you just put a jacket on, mm-hmm. it makes a particular sound, you mm-hmm. know? When you zip your jacket, it makes a sound. It's mm-hmm. really interesting, the sound of
0: clothes. ASMR. Mm. Um, all right, two last questions. Uh, really quick one. Um, what trend would you never follow?
1: I can't say because you never know. Okay. For sure, you know? Never say never. Never say never.
0: Okay. And last question, what do you love most about fashion?
1: The teamwork,
0: hmm.
1: really. It's a real pleasure to have built around me a team that believes and believes in me for sure. That's a great gift to have been uh, you know so yeah, so surrounded by these people who believe in my in my idea, mm-hmm. and my vision, and my strategy, and my test, in my and we have we're having so much fun. Mm-hmm. So if and I always said to them when we were super tired in China mm-hmm. and Shanghai for the show last two weeks, and we were like they were working till four or five o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, and I said I know this is difficult, I know this is hard to, you are tired, but enjoy every single minute because this is going to go fast Mm -hmm. and in two months, three months, five years, ten years, you would be able to say, I lived it, Mm -hmm. it was a great moment, we Mm -hmm. enjoyed it and what a chance we have to do this, you know, it's like a... We are very lucky. Magical, for sure, you have to tell it every day to yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. Alexandre, merci beaucoup, merci mille fois, bisous, bisous. See you soon. (laughs) Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry. And GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work-life run much more smoothly. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.